broadcasting around the world. This is the Hard Asset Money Show. Your wealth, your money, your future. Serious talk about what's happening and how you can profit. Live in 3, 2, 1. All right, welcome back to another awesome show. This is uh, Christian Briggs, host of the Hard Asset Money Show. Today, we are going to be talking about pretty much what I call the failed monetary system. So let's just kind of jump right into it for uh, everybody out there that has been using paper dollars, dollars of which are created by a centralized bank, whether it's the Federal Reserve, whether it's something out of the EU, whether it's Asia, like the Chinese Central Bank, which uh, does the yuan, or in this case, it's the Federal Reserve that does the U.S. dollar, the greenback as it's uh, commonly known. One thing that we have to to recognize is that with all the digital currency experimentation that's been going on since 2009, we knew that digital currency was here. So the yuan has already been launched in China. They've been doing transactions in the tens of billions of dollars this year to test their new digital currency. Now, let's talk about the pros and cons. The pros are um, they'll track everything that you spend your money on. They'll be able to take the digital currency away if you're not doing what they feel is the social justice type spending or spending the money within a time period. So that plus the demise of the greenback and what that's going to do for us is uh, all about today's show. So stand by, stay tuned. We're going to light it up. We're going to take a little break here to kind of give everybody a little uh, 30 second uh, heads up on our sponsor today. And until then, stand by. This podcast is brought to you by Hard Asset Management. We have the guaranteed lowest prices on all precious metals and rare coins. Call us at 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. Okay, welcome back. Here we are. We are talking about the farewell to another failed monetary system. So, Today we're talking about the beginning of the end of the current monetary system that started well over 50 years ago. In the next few years, the world, which is experiencing the end of another failed experiment of unlimited debt creation and fake fiat money. So we're going back all the way till 1913 when the United States enacted the taxation of all American citizens to pay into the federal government and the coffers of what we consider to be now the centralized bank system. Economic history tells us that we need to focus on two areas to understand where the economy is going, and that's inflation and the currency. Um, These are two areas now that are indicating that the world is in for a major shock. Now, let me, me, before everybody jumps off buildings or decides to start taking cash and, and burying it somewhere, you actually have to understand that the demise or the elimination of paper currency in society is inevitable. Since 2009, we've had Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, including different platforms that support those currencies in a digital manner. Well, they took off. I mean, let's just say it for what it is. They're skyrocketing. Why? Well, because the people that know have known that inevitability is what was meant to be. And what was meant to be will inevitably come to fruition. So we knew at some point with the technology uh, growing and with all of the large government support of technology companies in the last few years for streamlining and for primarily uh, taking information and data and sourcing it from consumers to business into centralized uh, affirmity, you're looking at 
what is now going to be the end of all paper currency, both in a domestic United States level as well as global. So that's where the shock's going to come when it happens, and it's going to happen fast. Now, we know the Federal Reserve has already approved the digital dollar. That Fred, uh, Federal Reserve uh, Chairman Powell has already said that he is in favor and they're moving toward it, and I'm hearing rumors that uh, two different platforms are going to be utilized in the U.S. dollar. Now, these rumors are rumors. Do not bank on these. Do not invest on these. But I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing, and then you can take it from there. And that's uh, Ripple and Ethereum, both of which seem to be very likely. Uh, again, I make no statement of fact on this, but I do hear things. I do read things. I mean, sh everybody can go out there and do a search, so it's not like it's... Uh, rocket science. It is science, but it's not rocket science, so it's easy to do. But if you look at the last um, uh, two years, the money supply of paper dollars has grown exponentially uh, by almost 126%. Okay, I, I, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around this because I can't, but let me try in, in layman terms. I understand math. Sometimes logic escapes me, I guess, because I don't understand why the logic behind spending $10 when you have $2 in revenue and you already have $12 in debt on the books makes sense. But again, you know, I, again, I'm not, I'm not a, a university graduate, so I guess I'll just have to be one of the common folks, blue-collar workers, that tries to peel the onion back to, to get some relevance of what the hell I'm looking at, what it does it smell like, because it sure as shit smells like an onion, and I don't like the uh, smell of onions when they're raw. Tastes great when they're cooked, though. But let's talk about dollars. So the last two years, money supply growth has been exponentially increasing by multiples. Uh, so for example, the M1 money supply or the U.S. growth at an annual rate. Now, this is not total the last couple, three years. This is an annual rate of the M1 money supply has been growing at an annual rate of 126%. So defining inflation as an increase in money supply. So the world has seen an explosive growth in credit and money supply since 1971. Now we are seeing hyperinflationary increases. People, we're talking 15, 20, 30% inflation. Go to the grocery store. Go spend $100. And when you leave with two hamburgers, the buns, some ketchup, and mustard, good luck. Because that's exactly what 100 bucks will buy you these days. Hell, it's almost cheaper to go to McDonald's for a family of four than it is to the grocery store, which used to be cheaper to buy the store, cook it yourself. But now the fast food, because of the quantity of stuff they buy, or maybe it's just because they don't want to raise prices quite yet, they're, uh, they're making it seem like a good deal. So since 1971, we are seeing what has been consistently growth in the money supply exponentially way over the revenues of the federal government. On top of that, we're seeing massive deficits and huge liability increases from Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, student loan, which, by the way, is guaranteed by the federal government. The only reason why student loan is so big is because universities took advantage of the government's goodness, and it was goodness to be able to help students finance their studies, which I love that. I mean, it's great that we have support for our young generation to be able to go out there and earn great livings by being educated. We all need a strong educating base here in the States. But when the universities, and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of a, uh, a cynic here about some of this stuff, government had great intentions. Universities kind of took advantage of it. Not all of them. Let's not put all of them into one big 
pan of uh, crap because some of them are crap and some of them are fantastic. We will not name names. It doesn't matter which ones took advantage. There are many universities out there that give great education at great value for their kids. But at the end of the day, these students aren't paying the money back. So that already shows something what I'm saying is true because if you have $1.5, $1.6 trillion in student debt and kids aren't getting jobs that are paying enough to pay it back, we have a problem. So this is the reason why the money supply is starting to increase in order to be able to facilitate more cash into the economy because there's a lot of debt on the books and people aren't paying a lot of that debt back. We'll be right back. With many gold experts predicting gold can surge up to $25,000 an ounce, now is the time to buy gold. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Gold was up 25% last year, an incredible return for any investor. Call now or go to our website at bmcham.com and get your free Hard Asset Management information kit on how easy it is for you to own gold. 844-426-4653. So I was talking about why the currency race is to the bottom and not to the top. Hyperinflation is, is a currency event. Just since 2000, most currencies have lost. Okay, let me take a step back. Let's, let's define most currencies. Hold on a second. We're talking about the dollar, the pound, the euro, the Canadian dollar, and the Argentinian dollar. Since 2000, most currencies, and I'm, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I, I can give you other currencies, but let's just talk about these right here. Have lost 80 to 85% of their value since 2000. All right, what does that mean? What that means is $100,000 invested in 2000 today is worth $10,000 in real-time buying power, give or take. If you had invested that $100,000 into in select investments, I'm not saying everything was a home runner winner, but there was at least a CD would do better. You'd have some measure of increase or at least something there that would have not maintained and kept up with the devaluing of the dollar, with the inflation, with the increase in products and services, but you'd have something bearing $1,000, $10,000, dollars in the ground under the mattress in the closet or giving it to uh, someone to hold for you is just not equitable smart business. So this is a race to the bottom. Hyperinflation is now on. In other words, how fast can the currencies drop to zero? The Argentinian uh, dollar since 2000 has lost 99.99% of the buying value of what it is, what it was, what it will be. Canada has lost 82%, okay? just since 2000 to 2021. Drop in currency value from 1971 till 2021, 99%. The German mark to the euro, the drop in currency from 1971 to 2021, 96%. And the drop in currency value, again, from 71 to 2021, for the UK and USA, respectively, 98 and 99%. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I can tell you that that's bad math. That's bad math. As I'm going to explain today, history is telling us that the explosion of credit and money supply will lead to rapid increases in inflation. Duh. And we've seen that lately. Hell, the last 18 months, inflation has ran higher than the last 30 years. And some people say that the real inflation rate is the highest ever in history. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't verify that in every category, but I'm going to tell you something. 
It's definitely in a lot of areas. I know because I'm seeing it. I'm buying stuff that otherwise would have been half the price a year and a half ago. So if it's doubled in price in the last 18 months, it sure as shit has gone up at least 50 to 75, not 100%. So I don't know where the hell this 10% inflation is because it's closer to 50%, people. So with that said, you're going to see interest rates skyrocket. You're going to see some type of a massive slowdown mechanism be kicked in by the Federal Reserve. And if that doesn't work, and it won't, then you're going to see negative interest rates, which are worse than higher interest rates because no one makes any money at the banks. And if the banks don't make money, they can't loan money. If they don't loan money, ain't no money going out into the system. system then says, oh, we're broke. We have liquidity problems. And then all of a sudden, what do you have? Toodles to the market. Higher prices for metals, higher prices for rare coins. Some select real estate will probably do well. Some stocks in some very rare instances will do well, but not most. Because if you don't have earnings, you don't have higher stock prices. If you don't have higher stock prices, you have, well, a correction. So when it comes to monetary events, inflation and the currency are totally interdependent. That's a fact. This is not conjecture. This is not possibility. That is a fact. Normally, an economy will be sound when the currency is sound. And, and the currency is sound when the economy is sound. You understand that? Strong market, strong dollar. Weak dollar, weak economy. Sound familiar? Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But then why has no currency ever survived in history? Ooh, ooh, did I just strike a bone there with some people? You're like, what are you talking about? Christian, we don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to tell you what we're talking about. Every economy has collapsed when the currency has collapsed. Think about it. For anyone that has thoroughly studied economic history, I don't even study it, just search this. If you think I'm full of shit, just check it out for yourself. I don't care. This comes right from policy. In other words, Federal Reserve, Federal Government, European, Asian, South American governments. This is all published information. It's all history. You know, we're trying to destroy history, but in other words, we can learn from history to tell our future, to be able to make sure that the history of the past, which doesn't work for the history of the future, can be rectified. So the history of the future is solid ground, solid economic policy, solid economic basis in which to make decisions on. As long as there has been any kind of money or monetary system, chaos has always followed at regular intervals. It's normal. You know, we have highs and lows, peaks and valleys, corrections and, and boom times. Without chaos, there cannot be order. That is the inevitable consequence of economic cycles. But when governments and central banks interfere in the natural cycles of economies and the cash flow thereof, the world is more likely to have disorder, even in the good times, and the chaos in the bad times will be bad. So government interference and manipulation distort natural cycles. Well, what are you having now? The natural order is to allow economies to fall or to rise based on the organic growth or contraction of businesses, not by the nature of government intervention with debt-laden stimulus packages that now take $12 of debt to create a dollar of economics in the United States and pretty much for the rest of the world. It's pretty much close to that. And the dollar of economic strong growth, as they like to promote it as, only last months. Not years, but months. And then goes away. So we're going to take a commercial break. When we get back, we're going to talk a lot about bankers, lawyers, accountants, politicians, very wealthy tech people, and people like me, blue-collar workers, 
who fight every day for a living and try to give information to people to make great decisions for long-term investing to bring the world of chaos into a easy-to-understand, identifiable show. So we'll be right back. So make sure you listen to our commercials. We need you to buy products from our sponsors and advertisers so we can keep the show going. We'll be right back. The world is in crisis, with political unrest and financially unstable countries trying to print their way to prosperity by taking on trillions of dollars of new debt. It's incredibly concerning. That's why you need to own silver as a hedge. So call today to receive the free hard asset information kit on how easy it is to own silver. Green energy demands will possibly turbocharge silver prices to 50, 100, even 300 an ounce according to many experts around the world. Silver is a proven hedge against inflation. Since 1971, silver has returned over 11% to an average yearly. Silver is a proven wealth preservation for hundreds of years. Silver in 2020 rose over 47%, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management is a trusted leader in precious metals and rare coins for nearly 40 years. We have the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, expedited shipping, with award-winning customer service available 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. CST, Monday through Friday. So protect yourself from the chaos. Invest in stability with Hard Asset Management. Call now and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. Welcome back. Today we are talking about the demise of the fiat or paper currency market as we know it around the world. I don't want to sound brazen here. I don't want to sound brash about what has been in the past. It's really about what's coming in the future. Future is today. Future is tomorrow, next month, next year. The past is behind us. We can learn from it. We should learn from it. We should study it. We should study it so well that we know it empirically compared to anything else out there so we can make right decisions and not make pothole decisions. Pothole decisions are where you walk in the pothole continuously and you wonder why you keep stumbling. But you're stumbling because you're walking into the same nonsense that you continue to understand as being the corrective way of doing it when it's not. So let's put the potholes aside and let's talk about what we can talk about, which is why is the paper currencies of the world going away? Why is digital currency, the experiment of all experiments, took off with no government regulations, no interference, because people who know knew that's the way of the future and they made trillions of dollars, billions of dollars, hundreds of millions, and of course millions of dollars off it. Cycles, whether they are economic or climate, are normally self-regulating. So doing God's work, as Blankfein, um, he's the former chairman of Goldman Sachs, stated in 2009, is likely to lead to constant disorder and chaos. All right, I don't understand it. I'm going to repeat it, and I'm going to give you a little more information on it. I mean, I do understand it, but I understand sometimes the rationality of why government intervention is, is so critical for maintaining people's uh, livelihoods. But we'll, let's talk, we'll talk about it. So cycles, whether they are economic or climate, are normally self-regulating. That's what I said earlier. This is what Blankfein said, and I hope I pronounced this right. No disrespect. The guy's amazing. Helped us through 9-11. I, know, I don't know the guy personally, but I know of him. He's actually a very, very smart man. Um, so doing God's work, whatever it involves, trying to lower the earth's temperature or creating fake money is more likely to create chaos than order. See, I get that part. But what I don't get is why people of his stature, when he used to be the former chairman of Goldman Sachs, doesn't help try to create the messaging. And maybe he did it, but it fell on deaf ears. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say anything other than the fact that he did say it, which is commemorable because he's right. Hopefully there'll be more people like him that say, hey, government is here to help provide protection for the American public. 
but when they meddle in some of the areas that sometimes can lead to more disastrous inevitabilities when it comes to the economy, then it should be steps aside and let people that run big businesses do it. Again, that's just my opinion. So in ancient Greece, chaos was originally thought of as an abyss of emptiness that existed before things came into being. Not really. Chaos is here when you have things that are to run in an easy-to-understand, identifiable manner. Yes, there's always ups and downs, but chaos can sometimes be when the self-controls are out of control, when other people aren't sure what to do, so they do nothing, and when some people don't know what to do, they do everything and create further anxiety, and that's called chaos. So in economic history, chaos is a regular phenomenon. It is. It happens. Since no currency has ever survived in history, it follows that the demise of a country's money is always linked to chaos. All right, you're getting it. On August 15th of 21 this year, there is exactly 50 years since the beginning of the end of the current monetary system. So let me tell you why. Again, this is not politics. This is not party over the other. Both parties have had their fair share of chaos on the American people. There is about equal accountability to both parties. It's about the individual that systematically does what they do in order to be able to get what they think is going to be best for the country. And a lot of times when government intervention comes in, and I'm about to share this one to you, it's a big one. And if you're a Republican, then you may not like this. But again, it's not a party uh, that can create chaos exclusively. There's no discrimination among chaos inside the parties. So on August 15th, 2021, that was exactly 50 years since the beginning of the end of the current monetary system. And I'm going to tell you why. Richard Nixon was the unfortunate executor of the inevitable fall of the dollar and the collapse of the U.S. and most probable global economy ever known. In fact, since... 1776, no country, no government has ever been by the people, for the people. They've all been 100% dictatorships or ruled by royalty where you have one authoritative dictator or person of power that can make all absolute decisions. When Richard Nixon basically took us off the gold standard, which I'm going to read this to you in a little bit, and these are my notes. I want to make sure my notes are clear, my notes are defined and understood. That was the demise of the United States U.S. dollar because there's no value to paper. Gold has value. Gold was $25, $30 an ounce back then. Today it's almost $2,000 an ounce. As outlined in a recent article, dollars final crash down a golden Matterhorn. We cannot really blame Nixon for the destruction of the dollar even though really it is his fault, but other people in other ways took it far further. But at the end of the day, he was the one that was at the guillotine and said, let it fall, and there we go, we chopped. And though, if you want to go fast forward, here we are 50 years, and a little over 50 years later, we are seeing the dollar lose in buying power since 1971, 98%. You can call Richard Nixon the guy that did it. You can call the people behind Richard Nixon that did it. The people after Richard Nixon that did it. They're all culpable. They've all taken their fair share of the American value of what we consider to be our fiat currency. And they systematically, by debt, stimulus packages, overspending, overpromising, undelivering economic growth, have destroyed the U.S. dollar. But if you had gold in 1971... 
you would have 100 times approximately your money today. Now, I can't say that it's better than real estate. can't say it's better than stocks. But as far as it goes, if you had $100,000 in 1971, you have $10,000 a couple, three years ago, you have less than $2,000 in buying power today. But if you had $100,000 in gold, you'd have at least millions of dollars in value today. So it not only kept up with the inflationary pressures, it probably got you a little further ahead. So spending and monetary discipline are the worst of enemies. Ooh, that's terrible, isn't it? How can that be? Spending and monetary discipline? Well, monetary discipline is when you don't spend more than you make. But prolificate spending and monetary discipline are the very worst of enemies. For a politician, the mere thought of frugality would never enter their mind. I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian. You mention the word revenue to any politician, their ears perk up like a deer looking for the headlights coming at them. He's like, huh? What? Of course they take that. They'll take that money 20 times over. In order to please the people and either avoid a revolution or the risk of not being reelected, a leader, I don't even want to call them their leaders, let's just say a politician, let's just say a politician will always choose the easy way out, which is creating debt and printing money. You know, I have to wonder, and maybe I'm just kind of spitballing here, do politicians have houses? Do they pay their bills? Do they get paid a salary? Do they have investment income? How many times do politicians create so much debt that it's overwhelmingly impossible for them to pay it back, and then they just go to banks and either ask for more loans, or maybe they print their own money. Because they act in such a way that completely escapes any common sense or logic. What are you doing? You make a million dollars a year, as some of these politicians do. They do. I mean, some of these politicians are worth $100 million, and they've only been in public service for 20 years. They had not a two nickels to rub together when they when they got there. I'm like, how do you do that? And if you're doing it for yourself, why can't you do it for us? Us blue-collar workers, us common folks, us middle class, I don't get it. But I do know this. In order to please the people and either avoid a revolution or the risk of not being reelected, a politician will always choose the easy way out, which is creating debt and printing money. I said it again, because you got to. So Nixon was in no way unique in going from a gold-backed currency to printing whatever fake money was required to continue the illusion of prosperity. So that's what he did. As you know, full circle, he took us off the gold standard, 1971, August 15th of, of 1971. He took us off the gold standard, which basically said, our currency is so good, so popular, so strong, so in demand, hell, we don't need gold. We can print our way to utopia. Within months, the dollar started dropping. Go look at 1972-73. How was that recession? I was very, very young, little kid, not even in school yet. Don't remember those days. But what I did do, I read them. I looked at it. I understood it after I studied it and studied it. And I said to myself, he was the executioner, but there's a lot of people that got the dollar to the guillotine before he could say, let's chop it off. And then Nixon said, let them eat cake because that's what they're doing. Let them eat cake. I can't afford cake, some people. You know, this is not the time when we took we should have taken ourselves off the gold standard. In fact, we should have bought more gold, strengthened the dollar, brought in dollar investments from all over the world. In other words, when you invest here, you're investing in dollars. Help the economy. But let's keep going. As history tells us, this is an event that has taken place throughout the history at an amazing frequency. 
Uh-oh, oof, I know I had another one. I had another nerve. I'm going to explain that. We're talking about the end of the fiat currency, the current monetary system that we all hold true. Get ready. We'll be right back. The best is yet to come. Don't you go nowhere. Make sure you buy some products from our sponsors and advertisers. I want to stay on the air to give you the information that you guys keep emailing me, texting me, and calling me about.